Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. What did you just get so excited about? <laughs> okay. It's been a week yeah. already. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's Tuesday. Um, so it's Rebecca's episode mm-hmm. and it's been a week. So I'm pretty sure this is one that a friend. It is. Okay. It's a ringer. Okay. I didn't write this. We and should, this is. We this should is... probably pay our intern. We probably should. Because <laughs> we it's... don't even get paid. Do you know how long it is? I really? Don't... I have 11 pages. Damn. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, intern, we don't even get paid. So uh, <laughs> accept your paycheck in the form of snark, please. And thank you. I can hear him now. It's like, I get that already. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, that's your fault for being friends with me. Well, but see, bonus intern has been messaging me and saying like, hey, just so you know, one day soon, Rebecca's going to have to say, insert this many times over. And I have a feeling that's today. And I really needed that today. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. That little happy dance that you did. I had no idea what was happening. I thought I'm you were sorry. trying not to cry. I was so, I mean, that <laughs> It's too. a toss up. It's been a week, guys. We're a mess. We're getting this out of the way because we love y'all and then drinking and eating a godly amount of cheese and bread. So cool. And tiramisu. Yeah. Are you guys ready? Yes. I'm so ready. I'm currently trying to get rid of a wart. In turn, has a wart. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I have I'm warts sorry. too. I've just accepted my you fate. You were touching your inner arm, and yeah. I thought you were talking no, about like a wart I on your too. armpit. I thought you were rubbing your <laughs> no, it inches because the bras are dumb. Um, mm-hmm. so apparently he's having trouble. These suckers take a while to get rid of, and I've seen everything on the internet from salicylic acid to duct tape to peanut butter to just waiting it out, which could take a while. But on the scale of weird treatments, that's pretty mild. No urines involved. Disfigurement isn't even that intense and at the end of the day i still have all 10 fingers even if they're wrapped in medical tape update he had an allergic reaction to the medical tape oh, which i found God. hilarious <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a wart it's not he still has the warts oh, oh. <laughs> salicylic acid and worked on one of my warts and another one i had frozen off and another one just kind of like came off yeah they sometimes they'll just fall off i've used a combination of duct tape freezing off acid and like nail files to get one off before Wow. It finally died. I know I have two. It's it's the worst. Anyway, MacGyvering Solutions has been something passed down onto me from my dad. Same. You should see him with a fan. Um, <laughs> we didn't have much spare change. And if you could home grow a solution to a problem, you damn well did it. And you didn't complain. Hell, I once walked on two broken knees for over a month because, well, you're still walking, aren't you? Holy. Two broken knees? Yeah. How? Fo- I have follow-up questions. <laughs> First, are you Okay. Second, <gasps> that's why he's so short. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. His broken knees stunted his growth. <laughs> I don't think. Okay. But here's the thing. Sometimes you just need a medical professional. Yes. <laughs> Doctors nowadays are pretty clever. They can usually just give you a once over, know what's wrong with you, give you some meds, and you're feeling good in a few weeks. That wasn't always the case, of course. Humanity had a long road to get to that point of medical certainty. Have you heard of John Brinkley? No. Perfect. His dad, John Brinkley Sr., was a mountain medicine man in North Carolina for the Confederate Army back in the 1860s. Promising. He was married five times before the age of 42. While the first one was annulled due to him being underage at the time, all the others ended due to his wife at the time dying prematurely. At 42, he married a woman named Sarah T. Mingus, who had a great last name. (laughs) I don't know if it's a great last name, but... Uh, what is Boy Meets World? Uh, Topanga? No. 
Minkins? Is that it? No. No. Oops. Sorry. I don't. You'll, anyway, it's you'll been come a up with very it, long like, time since I've watched Boy Meets World. You'll come up with Somebody it. Somebody out there will understand me. And they're yelling at it at yeah. their listening device. Yeah. Since housing was has always been a problem, Sarah's 24-year-old niece moved in with a couple, a woman named Sarah Burnett. The elder Sarah was renamed to Sally to differentiate between the two. And handful of years later, John Brinkley Jr. was born to Sarah, you know, the younger niece. No! Douche nozzle? Oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, isn't that his son? Somehow, <laughs> this whole situation was still cool. And the family dynamic didn't change for another five years until Sarah died of both pneumonia and tuberculosis. Because what else are you going to do at that time? <laughs> Make babies or die of pneumonia. Or like if you're going to die, it was either because you got kicked by a horse or it was tuberculosis. <laughs> another five years later, the elder John died, leaving little John in the care of his now aunt mom, Sally Sarah. Uh, aunt mom. I want an aunt mom. No, I don't. That's weird. Sorry. <laughs> If you think about this family tree too much, your head starts hurting. Yeah. Anyway, throughout all of this, he had a decent childhood with neighbors describing him as lively as a cricket, which is just fun to say, and we should bring back. Lively as a cricket. Yes. I've been saying bee in her bonnet recently because Ashley mentioned it in an episode, or maybe you mentioned it. No, you mentioned it, Rebecca, in an episode. And it made you happy. It made me really happy. And I've said somebody got a bee in their bonnet, like. 10 times the past week. So John's schooling was done in a one room log cabin in the area by the Tuckasegee River, only holding sessions during the winter. Tuskegee? Tuckasegee. That's the way he has it spelled out. It's This probably allowed for the kiddos to work during the summer because they only had school for about three or four months during the year and have people profit off a of sweet, sweet child labor. Huzzah! He, he was picked on a bunch as a kid too. The daughter of a well-off board member, a girl actually named Sally Wyke, made a point to torment him. This is confusing. Beige. Yeah, I know. It was very confusing. I read through it to, so I'd understand and I still don't get it. I have not had enough alcohol for this, but keep going. They just need better names. Or a bigger family tree. Somehow he got his shit together and managed to graduate, aka finish his studies by 16. He took up a job carrying mail between towns and working at the post office. In the days before cell phones and radio, they used something called a telegraph. John started playing around with it and picked it up pretty quickly, but he didn't want to just be a telegraph operator. He had big dreams. He wanted to be a doctor. <gasps> oh. Wow. Is he actually going to go to school for this or is he just going to label himself a doctor? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but the world doesn't just fulfill wishes willy-nilly, so he had to continue to work as a telegraph operator in New York and New Jersey for a few more years until... In late 1906, he traveled back to North Carolina to care for his aunt mother, Sally, who ended up dying soon after. Oh, no. Bad doctor. At the funeral, he ran into school bully Sally from his youth, and the two struck up a relationship before marrying a handful of months later in 1907. In, no. Janu in January. Don't marry bully. And don't get married in January. Okay. Couple things. Aunt mom named Sally whatever. Yep. Bully named Sally. Marry bully. Got it. I'm following along. This is confusing me, but I'm good. So author's note, there's probably something in here about mommy issues, but we'll roll right past that. Rolling. Yep. Why? Because they have the same name? No. The bully at the mommy. That mommy? The mom mm. passing the mother aunt. We, we're not going to linger too long. We're supposed to keep rolling. Oh, rolling. We're rolling. So they spent the year of 1907 honeymooning in a very romantic way, grabbing some friends and roaming the local areas, producing a traveling medicine show. Oh, 
I'm into this. <laughs> they dance, perform plays, and sing to attract crowds so Brinkley could pose as a Quaker doctor and start selling his famous tonics and herb medicines. Oh, no. Brinkley. Whether they, whether they worked is up for debate, but they were patent medicines, so the red flags are waving pretty intensely. It's also up for debate if he was even good at his job. In the later half of the year, latter half of the year, the family ditched the medicine show and moved to Knoxville to help sell virility tonics that another man patented. Author's note, do we need to go over patent medicines? If yes, patent medicines aren't actually patented in the modern sense. Back in the day, it's more like a formal way of essentially calling dibs on a certain formula and or its performance. It was never actually tested for its effectivity. So licking it. <laughs> yeah. I put these things together. It's, it's like mine. I took stuff from a jar and I didn't die. It had to work. Mm. That's how I live my life. No. 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 Don't no. do that. No. Oh. Sorry. Is that frowned upon? It's the South. There's a toss up whether or not what's in the jar is gasoline or moonshine. Like, don't do that. <laughs> I'll probably drink it. <laughs> so the family celebrated Christmas in Chicago where they settled in for the birth of their first daughter. John I still, I don't understand how people back in the day traveled around so much. Like, you were living in Nashville and then, oh, we're to go celebrate Christmas in well, Chicago. It's, it's easier when you didn't have things like, you know, electricity bills or change of address forms. But they only had, what year is this? It was 1907. Horse and buggy. Yeah. Maybe a car if they were real lucky, but that wouldn't get you all the way to Chicago. But like, think of all the awful things that come into moving. Like, the actual moving part doesn't actually come to mind. It's the things like change of address forms, changing over your utilities. Well, what I'm thinking of is like, People used to marry their cousins because they all lived in areas and didn't really travel very far because, you know, that cost money to do. Yep. And then you've got people who are like, well, well Christmas Chicago. in Chicago. It's fine. So Christmas Eat in Chicago. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Birth of first daughter. John took advantage of the big city to enroll in Bennett Medical College. If that doesn't sound familiar, don't worry. It doesn't exist anymore. So it clearly was a stellar institution. Hmm. In reality, it was an unaccredited school focused on rather... Oh, fuck you. You added a spelling. Or not a spelling. A pronunciation for eclectic. I know how to say eclectic, you dick. <laughs> I love you, intern. <laughs> Uh, eclectic medicine and, and it had a reputation as such brinkley worked as a telegraph operator by day and a medicine student at night the lamest sort of 1900s batman <laughs> beep 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 that's nickelodeon <laughs> going to school and working and supporting a family's tough even when your school is basically fake bills started piling up and life wasn't playing fair they lost a son who only lived three days and <gasps> sally wouldn't slow down on the spending authors note retail therapy question mark yeah i've been there so he picked up some double shifts to make ends meet. One morning, he came home to find the house completely empty. Sally filed for divorce with child support and took his daughter. Oh. And it took two months for Brinkley to realize he couldn't make all the child support payments. So he casually kidnapped his own daughter and fled to Canada. Oh. And BD. Sally wasn't able to get an extradition order, so she reluctantly dismissed her charges to divorce and child support, prompting John to return to Chicago and resume their family life. Oh, that sounds... God. Sally was rightfully bitter about the whole thing. She had come from money, and this wasn't the life she was used to. And that's before you include kidnapping husbands. She often verbally abused John, saying he would never amount to anything and that he didn't have enough brains to be a doctor. 
Rude. healthy. Before his third right? right. Before his third year of medical school was over, wife Sally left John again, returning to North Carolina. John begrudgingly followed, trying to establish himself as an undergraduate physician. If you could believe it, it didn't take off. The family moved first to Florida and then to North Carolina with John working as a tel- tele- telegrapher. Telegrapher. <laughs> a I'm still caught on the moving around so I much. I got distracted by t- Ashley making a face at her phone. No, I was making a face at them moving around so much. Telegra- teleg- I can't say that word anymore. Telegrapher? Telegrapher to try to make ends meet to pay back his overdue tuition. But the guy wanted to be a doctor. So in 1911, he picked up and left the family to move to St. Louis, Missouri, United States, Northern (laughs) Hemisphere. (laughs) Thank you. To pursue his medical license. And there were a couple medical schools there that said that they would admit him if he had his records from Bennett Medical School forwarded. Student debt is a bitch and Bennett refused to pass on the records to John. So John looked elsewhere to continue his education. Uh, in comes a Kansas City eclectic dick uh, medical university. For only about $500, one can purchase a degree from this degree mill without attending a single class. So in 2021 money. Oh, I was just Googling that. It is about $13,000. A whopping 2,644% inflation rate. Good God. College might be a scam. Says the only one on this podcast that actually went and finished. Look, there are times where it's necessary. Engineering is one of them. You should know how to math. For everything you need to do in life? No. 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 So John returned to North Carolina to rendezvous with his family once again. He moved the now five-person family to New York and then Chicago, trying to practice medicine with his fake degree within the same year. (laughs) I don't know where the four other children came from, just FYI. Assuming his wife. (laughs) (laughs) This was too much for poor Sally, and she gave John an ultimatum. Give up your dreams of being an actual doctor, work as a telegrapher for full time, and support your family, or she'll leave him. But he didn't, and she did. Ah. So the family split up. Girls went to North Carolina, and John went to the Southern Alternative, South Carolina, to set up shop with a one-armed man named James (laughs) Crawford. Hold on. You're blowing Ashley's mind right now. <laughs> the southern alternative to North Carolina. I was like, what is the southern alternative? Like, I wasn't putting two North Carolina in. It'd be South Carolina. I didn't know if it was on, like, the Outer Banks. The da-da-da-da. The southern alternative. <laughs> I thought it was missing a really cool travel opportunity, but it's no, just South Carolina. Just South Carolina. <laughs> um, What about this one arms man? James Crawford? Yeah. Specifically, they set up Greenville Electromedic Doctors. That sounds terrifying. Right. After establishing their office over a shoe store, they placed ads in the local papers, which read, are you a manly man full of vigor? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Men responding to this ad would be seen by Crawford working under the alias Dr. J.W. Burke before being sent to Dr. Blakely, which is Brinkley. Their method for treatment was use of a German drug injected into the patient's ass. Each treatment would be unique for each patient and made on site. The green solution for John Doe wouldn't work for John Rowe, who would need a red one, and so forth. After supervising the successful injection, Brinkley would assure the man that his performance with his wife would improve in a few days. Viagra! In the butt! (laughs) But probably not. Probably more like Kool-Aid. I can't use that in the title. (laughs) Viagra! In the butt! 
If making custom-made medicine on the spot seems too good to be true, you would be correct. As someone who works in medical devices, that is correct. Uh, Accurate. Yeah. What was actually happening was Brinkley would go into the back, put some food coloring in a syringe with water, wait a few minutes, and go back out to treat his patients. Kool-Aid in the butt. (laughs) This procedure would cost each patient $25, which is over $660 in 2021. Mother trucker. He could put like some B12 in there at least so that they're like, oh yeah, when they leave that I don't even know if they had coffee at that point. (sighs) They probably did. Please don't at me. Actually, I know they did. Definitely don't at me. (laughs) Could you imagine traveling by horse and buggy and no iced coffee? (laughs) (laughs) Ashley, that's the most millennial thing you've ever said. (laughs) I am appalled. So unsurprisingly, this only took two months for them to be found out and they left town, leaving dozens of merchants with unpaid bills and rent. They drifted through a few towns before ending up in Memphis where they met Minerva Minnie Jones. McGonagall. Yeah. Yeah, I've been listening to Harry Potter on tape lately. Minerva. On tape. Yes. You heard that correctly. She's carrying around her (laughs) walkman. I bought these before I knew J.K. Rowling didn't like trans people. Okay, it's fine. So Brinkley was instantly smitten and without telling her about his previous still valid marriage, the two wed four days after meeting. Good God. People. No, don't do that. Yeah. Aloe's a weird weird man. What are y'all doing? Look, I know what you're all doing. Don't answer that. (laughs) Not getting married to someone after four days. So they honeymooned in Missouri. Colorado and Idaho before landing in Knoxville where he was arrested for writing bad checks and practicing medicine without a proper license and being extradited back to South Carolina. Jesus. Being the good friend he was, John immediately blamed everything on his ex-business partner and Crawford was immediately tracked down and arrested as well. One arm Crawford. (laughs) Yeah. Luckily for him, John's new wife was the daughter of a successful real doctor who bailed him out for $200, which in 2021 is $5,400 or $5,000 more than the intern is willing to pay into the LOS bail fund. (laughs) You have lied to me. (laughs) You have told me multiple times that you have bail prepared. Intern. Well, he just said he had $400 prepared. I mean... I could probably do something that would get me out for 400 No, that's not a challenge. Challenge accepted. No, no, bad. Squirt, squirt. He moved back to Memphis, rejoining Minnie and acquiring an undergraduate license to practice medicine and set up a shop not unlike the one he established in Crawford. This time, however, he advertised his services to the more vulnerable populations, claiming to specialize in diseases of women and children. It's not about kids. I promise we'll move on quickly. Uh, if you're wondering why and how, he could just get a piece of paper and declare himself a doctor without a real medical license. He's got friends in Hollywood. No, it's worse. Oh. Back in the early 1890s, people thought there were just too many fancy restrictions telling people what they could or could not do. Due to this, the government decided to eliminate all those pesky licenses and permits from certain professions such as physicians. Anyone who could pay for a diploma and grow that iconic mustache-goatee combo could become a doctor. No! That's probably one of the ones that should require. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can get like cutting hair. I mean, things that should require licenses, being a doctor, driving, owning a gun, just saying, I'm fine. <laughs> anyway, in a surprise to no one, Brinkley was running the same scam he was running with Crawford, but this time with Minnie as his enthusiastic accomplice. Eventually, she acquired her own medical license from her husband's 
alma mater. <laughs> Brinkley was able to bring in some cash, but only for a short amount of time before demand for his services fell. Weird how injecting colored water up your ass doesn't actually cure anything. Shocker. I mean, placebo effect. Needing to bring in some money, he joined the Army Reserve Medical Corps and took over the office of another actual doctor who was moving out of the state. After another year or two, he finally had enough money to buy his very own medical degree. Da 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 da. I need to make better life choices. Not like this. No. Why? I you want to go purchase a medical degree? If he can do it, I wouldn't shoot. This was nineteen oh seven, or unless you later asked. at this point. No more undergraduate license practices for him. He spent a year studying prostate glands and paid another $100 to the Eclectic Medical University to get his paper degree in 1915. That was a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. About $3,000 in 2021. This allowed him to practice real medicine in a whopping eight states, including Kansas, where he lived. Have you ever heard the bit about how if you step on a butterfly, you can change the future? Mm -hmm. A less dramatic version of that is choosing your first job after attaining your degree, which, considering I'm still in the medical field, yeah. <laughs> in 1916, Brinkley took a job with the Swift and Company plant as a doctor, allowing him to study something that's always interested him a bit more intensely, animal psychology. By the way, Swift and Company was a meat processing plant. Oh. When meat inspectors went to determine whether an animal was good enough to go through the system, they first examined their glands. Interested, Brinkley asked which animal was often the healthiest. He was told the goat. With this, he established that goats were unable to pass on diseases to humans. Because logic. No, that's not right. So he and Minnie bounced around the area for a few more years until 1918 when Brinkley fulfilled his goal of opening his very own clinic in Milford, Kansas. His place, became, <laughs> his place became pretty popular. It invigorated the local economy by treating its patients and paying good wages all while successfully making house calls throughout the 1918 flu pandemic. As the story goes, per Brinkley's commission biography, is that less than two weeks after opening, a farmer came into his clinic complaining of sexual incompetence despite multiple attempts to have a child. Brinkley laughed the farmer off, saying that while he treated men before him with medicine, serums, and even electricity, nothing helped infertility. But man, if he had those goat testicles in him, the farther would have no problem reproducing. Yes! What? Well, why don't you just put them in? This, the the intern messaged me and said, you have no idea how many times Rebecca is going to say goat balls. And I'm so happy. I, I, what? <laughs> you good, Ash? No. No. That, no. Thus begins Brinkley's career of goat ball experimentation. Yes. <laughs> There's something wrong with all of you. Yeah. Yeah. Brinkley eventually agreed to do the experimental surgery for $150 despite the risk. Risk to who? It's not a risk to him. Yeah, that's that's changed a lot from today because today if it's experimental, no, doctor does. I don't think the doctor gets paid. There's no risk to I have the no doctor. idea, actually. My dad had an experimental surgery. No further questions. The farmer even offered his own goat for the operation. Oh, so the farmer knew what he was doing. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, so eventually greed is in quotes because here's, let's face 
let's face it, was probably Brinkley's idea to begin with. And $150 is about 2.5K in 2021. 2.5. I mean, that's one of the cheaper numbers you've thrown out there. So one evening, the farmer brought the goat to Brinkley and the surgery was done at night after hours. That sounds legit. Yeah. The next day, the father, the farmer called the good doctor complaining about the flu and requested a house call, creating a way to get post-op care without explaining the situation to his wife. Two weeks later, the farmer brought Brinkley a check over the moon with the surgery. As in any small community, rumors started to spread. People heard about John Brinkley, the great goat gonad gardener. (laughs) About a month after his secret surgery started to take off, a man who had undergone his procedure brought in his wife asking if he would help her with her perceived fertility issues. After all, if goat balls worked for him, a goat uterus would work for her. Right? No. People are dumb. (laughs) Yep. Dr. John Brinkley sure thought so. A year later, the man returned to the doctor's office with his new son that he named Billy. Yes, after the goats. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. How, that how, that's not possible. Let's go. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. As he kept performing his groundbreaking operation, he picked up a few things. Example: Not all goats or their balls are created equal. <laughs> One of his preferred goat breeds was called the Togenberg. This was after a few surgeries were done, which left the patient smelling like a cross between a goat pen and a perfumery shop. (laughs) Apparently, the goat balls kept emitting a strong musk for weeks after the operation, which the men would try fruitfully to cover up with whatever they could get their hands on. Oh, my God. Could you imagine that musk? I'm not going down on that. Not happening. That made me real nauseous. (laughs) It took a patient to look at the D-ball goats to tell Brinkley, that's an Angora, Billy. Doc, I thought any dang fool would know that Angora stinks to high heaven. What's an Angora? It's a different type of goat creature, but you thought any dang fool. This man is implanting goat balls into people. It's fine. Don't forget the uterus. So that's why he went with token birds, Nibians, and Sanans. After weeks of experimentation, Brinkley only used three-week-old male and yearling female Togenbergs for all of his subsequent operations. The procedure boomed in popularity. While the younger men who would go for the increased success in procreation, the community elders would go for the benefits of increased sexual pleasure and overall performance. So disturbed and equally thrilled to hear Rebecca say go ball so often. Since the surgery was just cutting someone open and jamming in goat gonads, so that's how that worked. They There's nev- no like connection of tubes. No, and- oh, that's not how that works. So they just have like yeah. <gasps> so that's how the woman got pregnant. Her uterus wasn't actually removed. An extra one was just put up there for backup. That's he did the so same gross. thing with the uterus. He just yeah. Oh, oh God. <laughs> when does the tissue start dying? <laughs> we are literally about to talk about this. We yeah. can safely assume that we, <laughs> <laughs> we can safely assume that none of these surgeries actually worked or did anything. Uh, in reality, the body probably just broke down the testes and absorbed the material back without any external effect. Oh, that being said, most, if not all, of his patients claim that they were not only successful but highly effective. This is mostly because of two factors: placebo effect is real, and public shaming. Valid. Let's expand on the second one. Oh. 
Brinkley would go around and say that all men needed his groundbreaking operation, but it was best suited for only intelligent men and not the stupid type, stupid type is in quotes. Oh my God. Even if this placebo effect didn't kick in for the patient, they wouldn't dare admit it didn't work and say they didn't receive any benefit. This is like the emperor's new clothes. Emperor's new balls. Emperor's (laughs) new balls. (gasps) Can that be this episode title? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god. No. You ever wonder where like the stories that you read to your kids come from? I wonder if that's where the emperor's new clothes came from. I have no idea. The gold balls. That's much older than 1907. So over time, his surgeries gained widespread popularity and attracted even more attention from the editor of the Journal of the American Medical Association, Morris Fishbin. Fishbin urged whoever would listen that Brinkley's right to practice medicine had to be revoked, calling him a smooth-tongued charlatan. Who else would claim such a procedure could cure conditions such as acne to the flu to high blood pressure and even insanity? Wait, what is it that they say? Cure-alls? Yeah, cure-alls cure, cure nothing. nothing. All in all, Brinkley said that the goat ball procedure could cure 27 ailments. Author's note, including anxiety. So maybe Rebecca should give it a go. My oh. answer, no. Oh. oh, I forgot you didn't write this. <laughs> <laughs> I will try a nice goat milk and lavender bath. I mean... Not actual, like, I'm not going to, like, get a goat's teat and squirt it in my That's back. Not, okay. So, uh, so everything, everything, pure crackle, crackery. So the MAA, or the American Medical Association, not ask me anything, even sent someone into Brinkley's clinic undercover, like some sort of James Bond, to investigate some of these claims. They found a woman who had undergone goat ovary surgery as a cure for a spinal cord tumor. What? <laughs> None of that makes sense. I'm pretty sure this is the point in time people... Still thought uterine floated throughout the body willy nilly. <laughs> That's what um, hysteria was. Your uterus floating around the body and you cause orgasms and make it anger back in place. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not know that? No. Maybe I should uh, get my stringer pearl PCOS ovaries replaced so with So next time ovaries. someone says you're being hysterical, you just tell them my uterus is firmly in place, sir, and yeah. just like <laughs> walk away. <laughs> Be like, what? Yes. Yeah, again, unsolicited historical facts are the best rebuttal. In response to the criticism, Brinkley called the MAA a meat cutters union and said everyone was jealous of his success in business. Isn't he technically in the meat cutting business? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it was just anti-Semitism because Fishbin was Jewish and it was the early 1920s and, you know, lizard people shrug. <laughs> lizard people shrug. There's a little bit of salt there. I couldn't. I don't know if you could tell. <laughs> After casually showing up at a gland transportation technique tra- demonstration in Chicago, uninvited and performing 34 goat testicle transplants with patients, including a society matron, a law school chancellor, and a judge... Brinkley turned to the bright and sunny world of California. It's not it's not it's not a goat testicle transplant. It is a goat testicle insertion. It's just a plant. It's just an insertion. It's just yeah. there. In 1922, his popularity thrust him into the national spotlight enough to be noticed by the owner of the Los Angeles Times, Henry Chandler, who invited Brinkley to do the goat ball surgery on him. Chandler gave Brinkley an ultimatum. If the surgery was successful, he'd make Brinkley the most famous surgeon in America, but if not, he'd be damned by the same gusto. 
Now, given that Berkeley was a, was a mail-order doctor, he couldn't just go ahead and practice in all 48 states of the Union at the time. So Chandler went ahead and did what rich white men in the 1920s did and pulled some strings to get Brinkley a 30-day permit to practice medicine, allowing for the goat gonad <sighs> surgery to be performed. What <sighs> rich white men do. What rich white men do, yep. I think, is the phrase yeah. you were looking for yeah. there. Afterward, Chandler seemed thrilled with the results and kept to his promise, praising Brinkley in the papers and bringing even more famous clientele to the operating table. Many Hollywood stars of the time paid up to get this new innovative treatment. No, I don't have names. Business was doing so well that Brinkley was debating whether to relocate to the Golden State. <laughs> you almost said to the Goat State. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was going goat or gonad. <laughs> but California wasn't putting up with any of Brinkley's goat shit. They rejected his application for a permanent medical license due to his resume being riddled with lies and discrepancies, Good. most of which were found by Fishbin. Yes. Luckily for Brinkley, he found someone equally intriguing in California found something equally intriguing in California, the power of radio. When he returned home in 1923, he built the radio station KFKB, Kansas First, Kansas Best, or even Kansas Folk Knows Best, depending on who you asked. He used an unheard of 1,000 watt. Yeah, I know what a kilowatt is, you jackass. (laughs) A 1,000 watt transmitter to broadcast his favorite music, political features, and lectures on rejuvenation and his favorite segment medical question box which i'm certain was fantastic brinkley would get on air and go all dr phil on the people who wrote into his show answering any and all medical questions they asked often three times a day unlike dr phil however brinkley actually prescribed medication to these medical inquiries patients could fill at any national doctor brinkley pharmaceutical association participating pharmacy no yeah no yep no Uh (laughs) uh-huh To make it uh-huh. easy for yep. his rural listeners to be able to get their prescriptions filled, author's note, since everyone can agree that biologists shouldn't name things, <laughs> he used an alphanumeric system. If a patient listened to the show and heard not a doctor, Brinkley, treat someone with a runny nose and sore throat with prescription 62 for men, they could just walk over to the pharmacy next time they had a runny nose and sore throat and ask the pharmacist for a few doses of Dr. Brinkley 62 for men. Pharmacists would then go to a book lookup 62 for men and retrieve whatever medication was assigned that label. Green Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Add a little uh, fructose, a little glucose, and some agua. The system took off with Brinkley Pharmaceutical Association. It was eventually boasting a membership of over 1,500 members in Colorado, Con- Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and parts of Arkansas. Author's note. If you look at a map of the contiguous United States, this will show that Brinkley's Kansas station reached all surrounding states, which isn't something to laugh at for a local radio radio station. I was about to say, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, again, I don't know what 1,000 kilowatts means for radio. I'm assuming that's big. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I could leave here and go to north georgia and lose half oh, the radio station radio station. Right? Yeah, like to. you go to the other side of atlanta and you lose an atlanta mm-hmm. radio station i can go from my house to ashley's house and lose my favorite oldie hip-hop station <laughs> life's so hard convenience is everything and brinkley banked on it soon enough people throughout the region stopped going to their neighborhood doctors and purchasing other local patent medicines cure-alls in favor of choosing one of brinkley's alphanumeric radio prescriptions and of course they were overpriced Something that cost either 2 or $3 was priced at $10 because the pharmaceutical industry was a scam even back then. Oh, EpiPens. 
Oh, oh. insulin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this nonsense continued until 1930 when the state, inspired by Morris Fishman, started an investigation and formed a board to determine if Brinkley deserved to keep his medical license. You see, during this time, Brinkley had signed about 42 death certificates, which wouldn't be weird, except for the fact many of them weren't sick when they showed up at his office. No. Oh, no. Only six months later, the Federal Radio Commission, the, the precursor to the FCC, revoked his broadcasting license. They determined that his broadcasts were mostly advertising, violating multiple international treaties, and claiming that he broadcast obscene material and that the popular medical question box was greatly contrary to the public interest. If you're wondering what the obscene material was, it was due to the fact that he said words like erection and climax on air. Oh, well, I mean. Well, we would get stricken <laughs> so fast it's why we're a podcast <laughs> glitterous okay <laughs> now that we're oh wait no that's a made-up thing never mind Keep yeah going. no one knows according to the rich white men <laughs> <laughs> uh in an effort to get his licenses back brinkley did what any logical person would do as the next step he ran for governor of kansas oh uh... He headed an independent writing campaign promising vague generic topics such as public works and education and old age pensions, making sure he never went too in-depth. That doesn't sound like anyone else I know Mm -mm. ever. He emphasized his goal to build free clinics and cure basically every disease, something that elitist doctors and politicians he was running against wouldn't dare do. What, make false claims? Oh, cure every disease. No, They would never make false claims. To go from campaign rally to campaign rally, he used his personal plane, and when his competition questioned his qualifications, he sent them billy goats. <laughs> oh <Sorry>. my god. <laughs> I don't like this man, but that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Brinkley gathered so much unwanted public attraction that the Kansas Attorney General, the same Attorney General who prosecuted Brinkley before the medical board, updated the rules about write-in candidates. Candidates' names could only be written in one specific way to be counted, otherwise it'd be tossed out as invalid. Anyone voting for John would need to specify J.R. Brinkley for their vote to count, including the periods between the J and the R and after oh. the R. Yeah. Which is a questionable law. I get the sentiment, but. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I'll, normally I'd be like, really? But this one I'm like, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. Get him out. And I know that's not the way you approach law. No, 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 no. He managed to receive 180,000 ballots, roughly 29.5% of the vote, but lost Damn. to someone who's irrelevant to this story, aka Harry Woodring. At the time, an article in a local paper estimated that 30,000 to 50,000 votes were disqualified due to the new updated rule. That being said, everyone who paid attention thought Brinkley was a con artist and a nut job, so no one contested the vote since Brinkley would have probably won and seemed like a bad idea. He ran again in 1932 and received 30.6% of the vote, but still lost to a Republican. He wasn't defeated. He decided he was just a big fish in a small pond. Since he couldn't practice in Kansas anymore, he handed his clinic to his staff and noped off to southern Texas to reestablish his radio tower there and reach the untapped Mexican market. He also became a Nazi sympathizer. Oh, Oh, no. no. (laughs) I don't like this You just keep getting worse and worse, sir. The story continues with Brinkley doing the same old shit as he was doing in Kansas, which is selling medicine over the radio. He was so devoted to the whole thing, he started broadcasting from the telephone while he was out of state. Congress was so pissed about this, they passed the Brinkley Act in 1932 (laughs) to prevent broadcasting studios in the U.S. from being connected by live telephone line to Mexico. 
After Mexico revoked the broadcast license they gave him in 1934, Brinkley coasted for a few more years doing more goat ball transplants, modified vasectomies, and prostate rejuvenations. Wait, wait, wait. Modified vasectomies? I No further information was given. Okay, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. All was well and good until the practice was picked up by other doctors and he started to lose <gasps> business to cheaper, equally successful competitors. No! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so the goat balls went like generic. <laughs> In 1930, generic. generic goat balls. In 1938, Dr. Fishbin and the Journal of the American Medical Association returned with a vengeance and published a powerful expose of Brinkley. He sued the journal for libel and lost. The jury called him a charlatan and a quack in the ordinary, well-understood meaning of those words. Good. Everything spiraled down from there. The IRS started investigating him for tax fraud. Wrongful death lawsuits started, and even the U.S. Post Office opened an investigation in mail fraud. Brinkley filed for bankruptcy in 1941, followed shortly by the loss of his Mexican radio station, XER, due to a bandwidth agreement between two countries. Today, I learned losing your broadcasting license doesn't mean you lose your radio station. Oh. I have not looked further into this, and by look further, I mean read more than these notes. <laughs> not only that, but he had three heart attacks, a blood clot, <gasps> and had to have his leg amputated as a result because no amount of goat testicles could have fixed that. You should have just put in a goat heart. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Or a goat leg. Become a fawn. Uh, he probably um, would have needed two goat legs. Yeah, he would have ended up with three from his like version of surgery because you don't remove the original one. <laughs> With his mail fraud trial still pending, John Brinkley died in 1942, essentially penniless. His story is so wild and full of twists, including hilarious alcoholism tales and bu- buying a town a bear. Whoa! I'd love to keep going, but this is page 10, and I don't want Rebecca to hate me too much. I beg you to check out the sources for more information. In case you're counting, 24 mentions of goat balls, testicles, gonads. You're welcome. <laughs> Yay! Intern's my favorite. Wow, what a journey. Yeah. Da, da. Da, da. Okay, so as we were getting into this, I was like, I have not heard one single thing about a goat ball, and I'm starting to get mad. But that was well worth the ride. Holy, balls, yeah, that was man. that was a lot. That was that was uh, a lot. Impressive. Again, I feel like I've done nothing with my life. <laughs> I haven't even been to all the places that he's been in. The hundred years later. <laughs> I, I can't even think of a time I've seen goat balls, so... Oh, it's been 100 years since 1921. <laughs> uh, that uh, is how time works. Uh, makes me, uh, feel weird. Um, you've never seen a goat ball? I don't think I've ever actually seen goat balls. I think I've seen goats with balls before. I mean, I'm sure I have, but like, I don't specifically remember seeing goat balls. Like, I know I've seen horse <laughs> balls. Congrats to everyone who listens to the episode. You will notice them now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Send Tiffany pictures of goat balls. No. <laughs> Actually, please don't. Because then we'll get them and then they'll just make me sad. Well, thank you, intern. That was a hell of a ride. Quite the ride, indeed. Ta-da. Thank you for giving me a low spoon count story and me using it way sooner than intended. Because that was intended for like the holiday season. It's fine. The spoons just got The stolen. whole drawer got dumped out and swept away. Yep. Goodbye, spoons. We're going to make do with forks from now on. Is it because we're forked over? Yep. <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, we should we should go. Uh, yep. On that note, remember, friends, everyone has something that they find odd. Let us tell you why it's not. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, ladiesestrange.com. Also, join us on Discord. We talk about things. 
such as goat gonads. Not that specifically, but we talk about things similar. You can also email us, I guess, at theladiesestrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, tell your friends about us. (laughs) Or join our Discord or subscribe, rate, and review. And we love you all. And my brain is fried. Keep it strange. Bye. Oh, yeah, that too. Bye. (laughs) Go hug your friends today. Tell them you love them. Goodbye. Tell them about go-go nads. And yeah. tell them about go-balls. Why not? <laughs> We're leaving. <laughs>